Welcome to another episode of Metal, Rock, and Whiskey. I'm Sailor, and sometimes I get riled up, mostly I curse, and maybe I'll even shed a tear. No, that doesn't happen. I'm a sucking musician, but I really like to talk about music. On this podcast, we typically compare two albums from one artist against each other. We discuss, we argue, and we debate the merits, and in the end, only one album reigns supreme. Tonight, however, is part two of the Slayer show. Last week, Matt and Sailor set out to convince Ed and myself why Slayer is an awesome band. They pled their case, they gave us a mixtape, and Ed and I had some time to listen and ponder. Yes, we did, and I am so anxious to hear what the final verdict is. But before we get into tonight's topic, we need to talk about our friend Whiskey. We drink a lot of whiskey, often on the show. Sometimes we drink a little too much on the show. And each week, one of us pairs whiskey with the albums or artists that we discuss. Last week, Matt paired a whiskey with our Slayer topic. But what about tonight, Jake? Well, tonight, let's just talk about what we're drinking. What's our favorite expression of the moment? Ed? What you drinking? Well, I'm still working. <laughs> Still working on that bottle of larceny. Why don't you uh, just quickly kind of let us know uh, what you what you paired with Slayer and, and what you're drinking tonight? Absolutely. Well, as I said last week, I paired a little something out of the city of brotherly love from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Bloody Butcher Bourbon from New Liberty Distilling. Picked it obviously for the name, um, and if you guys get a chance, you know you. People who are getting the whiskey or you want to learn more about different corn varieties, definitely look up the Bloody Butcher because I think it's one that's on the rise. And pick yourself up a bottle because it's very, very delicious. It gives a lot of different flavors. Um, so go go do it. Go check it out. And as far as what I'm kind of digging right now, uh, I had mentioned last week also that I was sipping on a Clontarf Irish whiskey. I've been kind of delving into the you know, twenty to thirty dollar Irish whiskey, seeing if there's anything that's worthwhile. Uh, and Clontarf is one of them. I've also had there's another one for about the same price point, twenty dollars called Hellcat Maggie. Also very, very delicious. West Cork, uh, West Cork distilling ten year, also very good. One thing all those have in common is that they're aged exclusively in bourbon barrels. Hmm. So, you know, you're getting some of that bourbon influence on it for you bourbon guys out there. You're getting some vanilla. Um, it's not that very neutral tasting kind of Jameson Tullamore Dew that kind of doesn't give you anything on the palate. At least that's my opinion. Uh, so Clontarf, Hellcat Maggie, West Cork, if you guys see it in the store, go and try one. Uh, I think you'll like it. How about you, Jake? Well, I was just going to say, um, you always come up with these super obscure <laughs> whiskeys that none of us have ever heard of, and, and now you just bust it out. You rolled out a list of what sound like some really great Irish whiskeys that people need to try. 
And uh, I think we need to have you post up a list in the Metal Rock Whiskey Facebook group of some of those Irish whiskeys that you're talking about. Jake, I think I will do that. That is a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, please do, because I'm not an yeah. Irish whiskey fan at all. So I would absolutely love some uh, suggestions because... And- and what the, well, that was my uh, that was my one good idea of the night, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> I think the the last decent Irish whiskey I had was actually um, it was called the Redbreast Redbreast Twelve. Mm-hmm. Single pot still, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one thing all the ones I mentioned have in common is that they're they're very tasty and at a very affordable price point. Uh, so I will definitely put that list up after the show. Very good, very good, Sailor. What are you drinking? So, um. Right now, I'm totally into halfway through this bottle of Colonel E.H. Taylor um, that I picked up a couple weeks ago. I'm super in love with it. Um, But I, so my friend, Whiskey Donna, do you guys follow her on Instagram? Love Whiskey Donna. Yeah. She is super awesome. She's a Bostoner too, right? She is, yep. Um, She's moved outside of the city, but yeah. Um, and hopefully the two of us will be able to get together and meet in person and have a drink, which will be really fun. Um, but she's a scotch girl, majorly. And so um, I'm not a big scotch drinker, um, but I am getting into scotch lately. So I've been working on um, uh, trying as many scotches as I can and learning about them. And so she's a great source for me. Um, she tagged me in a scotch, um, and I tagged you in it, Matt, uh, the Delilah's, which I actually picked up. Um, oh my gosh, it's so good. I did not think that I would actually be into a scotch. I thought, okay, I like it. It's drinkable. I can drink it. But would I buy it? I don't know. Um, McAllen 10 is the only one I ever have purchased because I'm super comfortable with it. But that's kind of like a, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like training wheels scotch. This is so awesome. I'm super into this. I love everything about it. I love the name of it. I love the artwork. Have, has anybody else had this? Matt, did you say you had this? I don't know. Ed, Ed apparently our tag got lost what? in the mail. What was the name of it? What was the name of it? Of his job, and he usually knows these things. <laughs> did you, have you had it, Matt? What was the name of it again? I'm sorry. Delilah's. I'm actively looking you're, for the tag right now because I don't remember your tag. I only know of that place in Chicago, right, Ed? I was going to say, I know that's a great whiskey bar in Chicago. I have never seen that bottle. Oh, that's Compass that's, Box, isn't it? Yeah. Scotch? Yeah. Oh, it, oh, Compass, Compass Box. box. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I've had the Peat Monster. Peat Monster Peat awesome. Monster. That was yeah, a good. Yeah, this Delilah's is phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm super in love with it. So I'm I. it was hard to get a bottle. Um, very hard, but I finally got my hands on one. So, um, I went right through that with friends recently. I was like, I, I wanted to share, but I was like, okay, you guys just drink a little, uh, yeah, you can have another port. Well, um, oh, and then <laughs> <laughs> so. compass, Bo- compass box makes some interesting stuff. Um, yeah, do. And, and it runs the gambit of flavors from if you're liking super peaty, smoky stuff to if you're liking the fruity lighter to medium bodied stuff they they make everything so and donna knows that so she'll tag me in the stuff that's more fruity and that's just it's like if you guys out there if you're not scotch drinkers if you're already bourbon or whiskey drinkers hit american whiskey drinkers it's a much better way to introduce yourself in a scotch because i can't tell you how many times bourbon drinkers have tasted a peaty smoky scotch and gone 
you know, gagged. What the hell is this? You know, start <laughs> off with those fruity scotches and stay away from the Isla scotches. Yeah, the- go Highland. I'm, I'm a Highland bourbon. I've learned, yes, I've totally if learned. If you're a bourbon lover, start off in the Highland stuff. Absolutely. Our our uh, our local whiskey group here um, is all whiskey. And so there's a lot of guys that love scotch and, and it's helped open up my knowledge a little bit. I got to try a couple of different, uh, uh, like 25, a Carsa bridge, 52 year. And a, um, I, I still have a really hard time adjusting to those, uh, you know, the, the phenolic or phenolic or whatever it is, con, you know, those flavors that band aidy uh paint stain <laughs> type of flavors classic band-aid so that's so perfect Jake. some of those i have a hard time you know kind of i try to just compartmentalize them as best i can because there are a lot of great flavors behind there if i and i think that it's one of those things where you 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 get an acquired taste for it and yeah and it becomes enjoyable but you know uh, i have I've never, you know, I've painted a lot of rooms in my day. I've stained a lot of decks as well. Yeah. I have never once gotten something on my shirt and tasted it. <laughs> well, Matt, <laughs> Matt I, uh, I've actually been in the uh, commercial painting industry for almost 20 years. I know. I have ingested a lot of stain in my lifetime, and I know exactly what it tastes like. That I know, like I know. That's <laughs> racy story there, Jake. I know that's why. Oh. That's why I brought it up. That's why I brought it up, Jay, because I figured at some point you probably ingested you some of that. You tasted and ingested a lot of stain in your career. Right. I'm a huffa. Oh my! <laughs> and since we already mentioned her, Young go boy. follow with go follow Whiskey Donna because she yeah, yeah Donna's she's awesome. A great she's phenomenal person. wealth of knowledge. Yes, and she works so hard on. She makes me feel. Her pictures so are beautiful. I know because she works. She's, She's such a great photographer. But she really works hard <laughs> to create such beautiful content and, and pay homage. I mean, I'm here I am with my stupid bottles, like, oh, I'm in my bedroom or I'm in the kitchen. Um, but she does a phenomenal job. And she's she's so nice, too. If you ask her questions, she answers you right away. She's phenomenal. Well, in my glass, uh, I got to tell you. So uh, in episode one of this series, I had chose um, – the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Batch A117, which was uh, the first batch of 2017. And after listening to your guys' playlist and going through several other Slayer songs, etc., I gotta tell you, I felt more the need to have the good Reverend by me during this episode. So I am, <clears throat> I went with the uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Batch C917. This was uh, the third batch of 2017. And I'm going to kind of sit back. Me and me and Mr. Craig, Reverend, are going to say a couple prayers before <laughs> we get too far into this. Oh, my God. Okay. So while I'm praying, Sailor... Yeah. What you got for news? All right, guys, here is your rock news for the week. So did you guys hear about the incident where Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age kicked a photographer in the face during a show? No. <laughs> it just sounds awesome. That. Let's hear about it. Yeah. Sounds like an Axl Rose move. Super, exactly, right? Well, the story went viral and left a lot of questions the days after the attack. 
Um, especially when Josh released his first apology, which was super vague. He claimed he didn't realize he was kicking the shit out of this woman's face and her camera, oh. that he's kicking things over and found out later he kicked her in the face. Come well, on. the thing is, is that she had photos because she was photographing him <laughs> as he walked towards her, <clears throat> looking right at her, and she photographs him kicking her in the face, basically. So... When those, you know, she put those photos out, um, he sent he sent out another apology saying that he was really sorry, he did know what he was doing, and he has some stuff to work out. So, dude, you don't get to be an abusive dickhead just because you're famous. So just cut the shit. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I'm going to listen to Queens of the Stone Age anymore. And in the worst possible fucking news ever, Nickelback has announced that they will be touring the UK in the spring Tickle of 2018. <laughs> What in the actual fuck, guys? The worst part of the story is that the article lists them lists them as Canadian rock giants. End oh quote. my God. Please, God, Canada, do not claim them like this. Here's who you want to claim as your rock giants instead. Rush. Triumph. Rush. Death from Rush. above, 1979. Red <laughs> Rider. You know what? Just Rush. Rush. That's it. Rush is enough. Those are your rock giants. Dude, Alanis Morissette, even more right of a rock giant. Yeah, I mean, I could have gone on and on and on, but just rush is enough. So Nickelback, for God's sakes, please fucking retire. Please retire. (sighs) Okay. And in hilarious news, in a recent article, um, (laughs) I can't even get through this without laughing. Oh, God. James Hetfield was interviewed about Dave Mustaine and his recent claims of uh, an album that he's going to do with Metallica and shows they're going to do together. So um, in the article, it states that Dave's initial vision for Megadeth was to, quote, destroy Metallica. This quote comes from a tweet that went out, a teat, (laughs) or that. (laughs) certainly suckled the teat for a little while (laughs) yes on january 13th of this year and it says and quote my measure of success was if i ate that day or not and my vision was to destroy metallica and stop living in a van no one's gonna do it down by the river and it seems (laughs) mustaine has been flapping at the mouth again about so many things Or at least so says Hetfield. In the last few years, Metallica and Megadeth had patched things up. They put their differences aside and uh, ended their very, very long and public feud. But it seems that Mustaine and Metallica are again disagreeing over song credits. So Mustaine is also pretty miffed that he was not inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Metallica. Now. My good buddy Lars claims that the reason why he wasn't inducted with them is because he was never on a recorded album. Fuck you, Lars. So I truly <laughs> hope this feud never ends because it's fucking light. That's right. <laughs> and that's your rock news for the week. You know, for as, as talented as Kirk Hammett is, there are certain aspects <laughs> of Dave Mustaine's guitar playing that I like a lot more than Kirk Hammett's, but the guy just cannot keep his fucking mouth shut yeah, ever. A- you know what? That last story is going to get referenced in this discussion because I think there's parts of it that are incredibly relevant to what we are going to talk about tonight Uh with part two Mm -hmm. of Slayer. Mm -hmm. But first, we need to test our knowledge. Ed? Q game show music. I don't know. I couldn't think of any game show music. 
Well, anyway, <laughs> you know, I I didn't want to sing any actual game show music because we might get kicked off of iTunes there for copyright violation. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, all right. Well, I I figured that tonight I would uh, change things up a bit, and since we are called Metal Rock and Whiskey, I would manage oh to uh, slip in some whiskey uh, trivia. And maybe some of our listeners oh, no, you didn't. who have come here for the metal and rock <laughs> may not know a lot about whiskey, and we might need to educate you a little bit. We might find we need to educate ourselves. ourselves yeah. <laughs> so anyway, right. here we go with the first whiskey trivia segment. Okay. Let's, let's do it. All right. Do it. All right. In order to qualify as bourbon whiskey, what percentage of corn? Ding, 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 Jake. Ding, 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 ding. Jake. I sting first. I think I was I think, so there. I think that was Sailor, but her no. volume was very low. It was me. That was totally me. That's fucked. You know what? I'll be the gentleman. Play it back. Let's no, rock I'll it. be the gentleman. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, nope. I'll tell you. No, you think you dung in first, so go first. Dung in. Jake, <laughs> dung. <laughs> 51% corn. There you go. 51% at minimum. Minimum. True or false? When referring to bourbon or American whiskey in general, it is required to use the letter E in the spelling. Ding, ding, ding. Matt? Sorry, false. False. <laughs> false. Yes, false Sorry. is the correct answer. Although it is common look practice at, to include the E, when referring to bourbon whiskey is not a requirement. As an example, Maker's Mark bourbon spells whiskey without the E on their bottles. Yep. I heard, I heard, uh, is it, uh, help me with this. It has something to do with countries that have uh, a vowel somewhere use an E and other ones don't. There's something with that. I think it was, it was, it was more of, it's British to English, like color, C-O-L-O-U-R, and C-O-L-O-R. But this time we inserted the extra vowel. Right. <laughs> it was more of an old world whiskey thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I think with translations from Gaelic to English, I think also contributed to that. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. going to get super smart on it, Matt. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, just, hey, how about we go on to the next question? Yeah, how about we get like a non-American whiskey question here? Let's go. Question three. What is the common nickname for freshly distilled whiskey before it's put in the barrel for ding, aging? Ding, 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 oh, ding, 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 ding. Second. <laughs> Sailor. Well, there's two common names. I mean, what's the one I'm looking for? White dog or <laughs> yes. make? White dog. White dog. Also, my nickname when playing hockey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Next question. When bottled, bourbon is required by law to be at least ding, ding, what ding, proof? Ding ding ding. Oh. ding. Sailor. Sailor. These are loaded questions. <laughs> Eighty proof. Eighty proof is correct. <laughs> A minimum 80 Now, proof, what right? proof is required oh. when labeling a bourbon as bottled in bond? Ding, 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 ding. Jake. Uh, 100 proof. He's right. All right, next question. How many times can a barrel be used to age a bourbon? Ding, 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 ding. Sailor. Only once. 
All bourbon must be aged in new oak containers. That's right. Well, no, no, no. It's still what's difficult about the wording. The wording of your question is that you said, how many times can a barrel be used to age a bourbon? Well, that's true. You can can re-age a bourbon in barrels as many times as you want. The first, yes, you can finish. You can finish it. But but you cannot put new make into a used barrel. It must be... The federal regulation states that it must be stored <laughs> a new initially oak stored in a new oak barrel. No, no, no. Yes. It doesn't say barrel. It says container. So container. In, and it says container because they used to use wooden boxes, which I find hilarious. Like, how long did it take a dude to be like, "What the fuck? I can't. This is heavy. Like, I can't move this around." But it still says container, which I find really funny. And it has to be American oak, correct? Yes. No. No, no, it doesn't. No, no it doesn't. No, it doesn't. no, it no right? A lot of just oak. Period. That's actually uh, that's actually how Maker's Mark gets away with uh, still calling Maker's Forty Six as uh, a stray bourbon is that it's French oak. Yep. Oh. So it, it only just says it only just says new charred oak. Oh, charred oak. Yeah. New charred oak. That's yeah. that's that's the stipulation. Yeah. Interesting. There's I think it's Jimmy. I think Jimmy Russell joked that uh, that as long as you take it from. The uh, the still and carry it in a new charred oak bucket and dump it into a bottle. You're fine. Yeah, well, that's. If it's I not think that was his joke. Then. I heard somewhere. Yeah. All right. Next question. What is the minimum number of years a bourbon must be aged before it be, ding, can ding, be ding, considered? Ding, 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 oh, stop ding. your question, Ed. Ah. <laughs> finish the question. Was that no, yeah. no, no? You you don't finish the question. Ding, ding. Was that What's me or answer? her? Who no. was it? I thought I heard Matt. So, okay, I'll go. Um, if I think I know what the question is, it's, <laughs> it's two years. You have to answer where it you were in the question. Two years. It is two years. Two years. To be called a straight bourbon. That's what you're going to say, right? No, wait. I just said that. Wait, no. The answer it's is two. I feel like I'm playing Jeopardy here. Now, the question <laughs> is... <laughs> If, if that's the correct answer, then... What, what is, is the minimum years? number of years a bourbon must be aged before it, it can be considered a straight, straight. bourbon? Two years. Two yeah. years. Two years is the correct answer. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to implement a new rule, or I have to finish the question before any of you guys can ding in. All right. Ding. One more <laughs> question. No dinging till I finish. That. Okay. All right. This one's for you, Matt. In making a Scottish whiskey, heat is applied to malted barley in order to stop the germination process. What is traditionally used as a fuel for the source of heat? Ding, 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 ding. That was so me. It was for me. That was so me, and I'll tell you. No, it was totally me, because I was waiting. All right, let the bourbon people answer (laughs) that. It was The answer is, is Pete. Yes, it is. And they don't just and and the the whole point of that they don't just use it for whiskey. They use that to heat their homes. I mean, that's a natural resource exactly. on these in these areas of, of Scotland. It's it's yeah. an amazing thing. It really yeah, if, is. If somebody, as much as I hate the yeah. flavor of it, it's an amazing thing. I think like eighty five percent. And if someone out there is smarter than me, please correct me. Uh, you know, I might I might be wrong on the percentage, but I think eighty five percent. Of the of the Highland, the mainland of Scotland, like the top is peat. There's you know there's rumors like they're saying they're running out of barrels for bourbon. They're saying they're running out of peat, but it's it no. doesn't. They're not running out of peat. No, they're not they're running, running out of peat. Out of peat. They're, they're not running out. Of, 
You know what? You can't. Yeah. That's, like saying, that's like saying that. Uh, that's like saying that we're running out of sod, but every new football field yeah. has a sod replacement Same. every three weeks. I know. It's just <laughs> it's one of those dumb things that somebody yeah. says. You totally. know. All right. So, so who wins? Good job, man. At the end of that, it segment. felt like a three-way tie. That felt like a, the most even trivia round we've ever had. No, I think Sailor. Won. Holy crap! Well. It turns out that we have a two-way tie for first place. Uh-oh. We have Jake with three, Sailor with three, and Matt with two. That's what it felt like. So do we have a tiebreaker <laughs> question, then? <clears throat> and I will let Matt throw out a tiebreaker question. Oh. If he has one he would like <laughs> to throw out there. <laughs> I was Sorry hoping. to put you on the spot. <laughs> here, but, uh, no. Totally fucked here. <laughs> I, Wait, I, have, I, have a, give, I have a good give, one. I have give, a good Matt one. A, give Matt a second to pull up pull up Sailor's Instagram account. Hey. <laughs> no, I have I have a good one. I have some knowledge to drop, so I will ask this question. Since Sailor mentioned this brand before, McAllen purchases ninety five percent of the world's used what? Ding ding ding. Ding ding ding. Jake Sherry barrels. Correct. Oh. Yes! Wow. Woo! Yeah, O'Doyle oh, rules. O'Doyle oh, rules. Ninety-five <laughs> Good job, Jake. Good job, Jake. Very They're good, man. The top-selling scotches in the world, though. That's why they <laughs> do that. So, so I only collect bourbon, but I listen to several podcasts that are Scotch, Irish whiskey because i do like to be knowledgeable even though i mm-hmm. i can't collect it because if i spend any more money on anything besides bourbon my wife's gonna kill me so yep. there's and that's why they're 18 year sherry oak <laughs> which is like 280 dollars yeah uh you know what you know, i do when love that yeah I when something that be- better in my opinion is better like glenfiddich 18 or um Glenmorangie 18 is like $125. The flavor between Glenmorangie Glen and McAllen, though, are they really comparable? They're not comparable, but no. I just I prefer Glenmorangie. But that's not the same flavor I, profile. All right. That's you know what? That was, that was a great, that was tons of fun trivia round, Ed. Awesome. Awesome. Thank awesome. You, awesome. Well,. I feel like uh, this uh, this discussion is just staring us right in the face. <laughs> two faces looking at two faces here on Skype. Well, let's get through the timeline first, shall we? All right. So when we left off last week, I had mentioned that Lombardo had left the band due to conflicts with members. So in 1994, Slayer released Divine Intervention. This is the band's first album with drummer Bostaff. The following year, Slayer embarked on a world tour with Biohazard and Machine Head, opening for them. After this tour, they were carrying enough notoriety to be billed third at the 1995 Monsters of Rock Festival, which was headlined by Metallica. Fuck you, Lars. In 1996, the band released (laughs) Undisputed Attitude. Never gets old. An album of punk rock covers. Shortly after the recording, Bostaff leaves the band to work on his own project, and Testament drummer John Dett was brought in as a replacement. He lasted for about a year before being fired and Bosef returned. 
1998 to 2000, this is the Diabolus in Musica period, Latin for devil and music. The album was not well received by critics or by diehard Slayer fans at all. Many felt that the drop tuning was a feeble attempt to sound more like new metal, that's N-U metal, at the time, and thought perhaps the band was just out of ideas and might have run its course. The album sold really well, though, uh, and Slayer continued to tour and headline major festivals. I do not like that album. I will say that. And then there's 2001. Can I get an amen, Matt? God hates us all. Amen. We're not worthy. There were many delays in regard to this record. There were some uh, remixing issues, and then once again, there was the artwork for the album, which is amazing whether you like the band or not um do some googling of the album artwork it was incredibly well done um so the album was finally released eerily on september 11th of 2001 of course an incredibly sad day in world history due to the attacks of 9 11 their uk and european tour was delayed and had many issues due to travel restrictions and bands understandably dropped out I was living in Belgium at the time. We actually had planned to see them in Brussels, and that was, show was canceled. Uh, luckily for us, though, my boyfriend and I snagged a giant bus poster of that tour. Um, they were going to thrash it, trash it because the tour had been canceled. Um, they did make up some of the some of the dates, though, but it was just eerie that that was the release, not really planned, of that album. During this tour, Bostep again leaves the band due to a chronic elbow injury, and wouldn't you know, Lombardo returns to finish off the European tour dates with the band. In 2006, Slayer releases Christ Illusion. This is the first album with Lombardo being back since the 90s. The album became Slayer's highest charting record. The track Eyes of the Insane was featured on the Saw 3 soundtrack and won a Grammy for Best Metal Performance. In 2009, the band releases their 10th studio album, World Painted Blood, and can continue to tour heavily in the next two years all over the world. In 2011, Jeff Hanneman sadly contracted necrotizing fasciitis, reportedly from a spike bite. This was incredibly serious illness, so Hanneman was out of pocket for an already planned tour. Gary Holt of Exodus was Hanneman's temporary replacement while he recovered so that the band could satisfy the tour dates. On April 23rd, of 2011, Hanneman joined the band at a show in California and played the final two songs of the, of the set that night, South of Heaven and Angel of Death. Sadly, this would be his final performance. On May 2nd of 2013, Jeff Hanneman died of liver failure in Southern California. Pour one out for Hanneman. In 2015, the band announced that they were signed to Nuclear Blast Records and shortly after released the album Rent Relentless. This is the band's 12th studio album. However, Lombardo, again, was not a member of the band. The lineup at this point was Kerry King, Tom Araya, Gary Holt, and Paul. Bostaff was back again. As for present day, King says it's conceivable that Slayer will release an album in 2018. And that's pretty much all the knowledge we have thus far. So what did you think of the mixtape, guys? Well, <clears throat> sometimes, you know, you listen to a band for the first time and you realize that your preconceived notions were all wrong. Oh. This was not one of those times. <laughs> Ed, Ed, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, uh, the the most uh, the clearest moment I had 
while listening to the entire playlist was uh, <clears throat> listening to Clinically Insane. Is that the name of the song? Clinically Insane? Off of uh, <clears throat> Rain and Blood, right? Uh, criminally Insane. Yeah, yeah cause, because at that moment, I realized that they finally named a song for their target market. <laughs> nice. Fuck you. Oh, wait the f- the floor the floor is theirs. Let them go. Let them well, go. Well, um, just to go ahead, Ed. As go to ahead, caveat Ed. this, there were a couple of songs in there I didn't have access to the two of the last songs, and I think it was just as well I was I had to stop before, you know, listening to two more songs. So, um, <clears throat> I kind of just went through and just jotted down my thoughts as they progressed through the album and these other songs so i'll just kind of run through okay we're we're rain and blood starting out angel of death man these guitar riffs are awesome really into it and then he starts singing (laughs) (laughs) oh man so true um love the guitar solo though the guitar solo was pretty awesome um piece by piece um not grabbing me immediately like uh, angel of death Seems like a pretty generic uh, death metal song. Um, necrophobic, uh, more of the same. Bridge is kind of interesting. Um, ultra Sacrifice, uh, some more interesting guitar riffs finally. <laughs> Lyrics are starting to get kind of repetitive, and I'm really wanting some variety of sound. <laughs> Seems like some great music if you're working in a slaughterhouse. <laughs> We're talking about Slayer, not Slaughter, Ed. Yeah. Jesus saves. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm listening to the same song with different lyrics. Um, criminally Insane, same. Reborn, getting kind of bored. Epidemic, for the love of Pete, could you please mix it up a little? <laughs> Post-mortem, is this album almost over? Raining Blood, finally something that might be a change of pace. Great guitar hook. Uh, turned into more of the same. Almost had me. <laughs> um, aggressive Perfector. Seriously? It's not done yet? <laughs> oh, you you listened to the bonus. The, uh, the, 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 re, the remastered version. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, moving on to the Hello Wait song. Finally a change of pace, maybe? Here's hoping. Yes, head bombing for the first time since Angel of Death. Oh, there's those annoying vocals again. <laughs> uh, chemical Warfare. Ready to be done, but we'll press onward. This sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, because they all sound like this. Anyway. <laughs> that was pretty much it. So, so Ed's notes. Yeah, so my in conclusion, for me... The songs are way too monotonous. It's like um, listening to Slayer really makes me appreciate the variety of sound that other metal bands like Metallica bring to the table. Oh my Um, god. To be a fan, I mean, you have to love that sound in order to keep hearing it over and over and over again. But yeah, if you enjoy double music that all sounds the same, (laughs) Slayer is your jam. You know, and at the end of this, I just needed to listen to some Striper as a chaser and to restore some balance to the force. <laughs> before know. I start, before I start, yeah. Ed and Sailor, respond to Ed. Uh, Matt? Okay. I'm sorry, Matt. 
No, I had I had one question for Ed before Jay yeah. starts. Was there was there a song amongst those fifteen songs that we gave you? Was there one song that you would say, "Hey, I could go back to this and be okay with it"? Maybe give it a couple more listens. Out of all the songs, I'd probably say the first one, "Angel of Death." was probably the one that grabbed me the most. That or Raining Blood. <clears throat> one of those two. But the the vocals just just don't do it for me. The vocals just if I could just tune him out, if I could make them an instrumental band, mm-hmm. that would probably probably work for me. Um but I would only be able to listen to like two songs cuz they all like I said, they all kind of sound sound the same as just like Play and hard, as hard and fast as you can. <laughs> so I have a question for you, Ed. Can you see at all when you were listening to it, if you think back, if you were a kid in the 80s, do you think you would have felt differently about it? Do you see that you could have, you know, in, in especially in the mid-80s? Well, at one that? time I was a kid in the 80s. Um, right. But... Uh, <laughs> Do you think you you would have picked like if someone had actually played the music for you? you do you know think? You nah, been in- nah, I would not have gone gone for that. Hmm. Okay. I don't think. Okay. My Jake. honest. Yeah, opinion. Jake. The floor is yours. <laughs> wow, Ed. Ed, <laughs> I feel like we shared notes beforehand. <laughs> <clears throat> I I it felt. Not, I uh, love you. <laughs> so. So, I, I listened to the playlist in order that you guys gave, and I felt compelled because I, I just hate I hate the idea of, of judging a band on a song or an album. So I went through and listened. I listened to so many songs, and man, I got a headache. <laughs> it was just, it was so repetitive. It, it my my overwhelming feeling was the breakdowns on so many songs were awesome. When they got to that point where it was going from chorus to breakdown into that that breakdown where he finally stopped the drummer, finally stopped slowed it down, mixed it up, the guitar, mixed it up. They broke it down. It was super good. And then, like Ed said, then it went right back into the same guitar and drum. And I I felt myself over and over, song after song, saying, man, this song would be really great if Metallica did it. This song would be really great if Pantera would have done it. Oh! Because this, the 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 vocalist was so bad, song after song after song after song, and I tried to listen to some of the, some of their new stuff where they tried some harmonies on different things, and their I mean their pitch was terrible. I just I gotta tell you, I'm gonna look at this playlist real quick, but uh, I'm gonna start at the back. Seasons of the Abyss. I thought it was a pretty good song. I thought that was the one you would pick. <laughs> I thought it. I thought yeah. it, it. It mixed it up a little bit. 
that was the one song on the playlist that I felt like I kind of, I really kind of got into. Also, there their parts... first music video, by the way, I believe. <laughs> okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll check I'll check that out. I, I, yeah. I wish. Uh, yeah, I'll look at that. That was that was the one where it was kind of it was different. It was something out of the mold that that every other song kind of eventually fell into. Now, to to go off Ed's point, there were a lot of songs that started different or the breakdown was different or the bridge was different. But all in all, from beginning to end, it was just too much of the same exact formula over and over and over and over again that and and for me i don't i don't like the uh let's let's bring this up real quick because this goes to my point there's this quote-unquote big four the big four thrash metal bands and to me metallica is not a thrash metal band metallica is a metal band that put out a thrash metal album and peppered a couple other thrash metal songs throughout their discography. Yet they are still heads and tails better because, because it it became relevant of the big four of Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer. I went through and studied and I listened to album after album of I mean, obviously, I was already well-versed in Metallica and Megadeth. Megadeth was another band that I was a fan of. Anthrax and Slayer were two that I was not well-versed in, so I gave them their their due. I listened to a ton of Slayer and a ton of Anthrax to just try to kind of connect, like, why was there this big four, quote-unquote? And it was like, it was Metallica reigning supreme of a greatness in thrash because from a talent standpoint they just had it i mean it just it stuck it was great megadeth was like not as good as metallica and then it was like anthrax was not as sucky as slayer and then slayer was just so Mm -hmm. bad and so repetitive they just didn't even I, I don't even know why there was big four. It, it was like to me it was like a big one and a half and a quarter and then Slayer kind of just pushed the bus. Maybe they were like the roadies for the big th- one and three quarters. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry guys. Well I think the big four really has to do with where they're from. <laughs> I think the southern california metal scene i think they were the four biggest bands to come out of that so and, and that's, that's, and that's and not necessarily yeah but i felt like the thrash metal scene the thrash metal scene especially in metallica's era was in europe it was i mean it was diamond head it was yeah it was diamond head and metallica and it was these european and the europeans really embraced the thrash metal first am i am i wrong well that was I mean that's new. That's new wave of British heavy metal, which yeah. is. I mean, I'm talking about the, the precursor. Like the thrash, the yeah. thrash metal scene was really embraced by embraced by Europeans first. Yeah, well, I think no it was it was an evolution. 
to me. Yeah, thrash yeah. is considered to be an American thing. Like the yeah. th- really, the thrash was was really an, an American thing, and like. But wasn't I, Lemmy considered the father of thrash? No. I mean, that's what that's what like Hetfield and those guys and Lars and, I mean, that's what they attribute but their I, love like, for you, thrash metal was the the European bands on these terms because they are they were they're evolving terms. You know, when you had fast and hard before, people were doing that fast and that hard and sure. that metal. Sure. You know, you're going to encompass a lot of bands in places they shouldn't be. For me, absolutely, Anthrax does not belong in thrash metal. For me, I, you know what? After listening to their albums, I would 100% agree with you. Not at all. I think I found like an early couple albums where they felt thrashy. Yeah, it was but thrashy. But then they, they definitely evolved. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Really, mm-hmm. and I also don't think Megadeth to me they had thrash ish songs, but to me they're not a thrash band either. Early Metallica is thrash to me. Early Slayer is thrash to me. I think Slayer is definitely I would say the would call them more Godfathers of thrash for sure because of that punk rock influence, because of that ferocity to it. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. I just think getting hung up on these terms is is going to get us into a, a fucking rabbit hole. Well, so real think. quick, real quick, while uh, just to uh, pull the curtain back on Oz here, um, when when I started uh, my points, Sailor, I think maybe went to Tinkle. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't but I, I made the point that I felt uh, I, I said that Metallica was not a thrash band because over the the extended course of their career, they really only had a thrash album and and then a couple other albums where they peppered thrash songs into their albums. I felt like they were more of a pure metal band. I don't think so. I think they're, Mm. uh, no, I I would kill them all. Thrash album. Kill them all! Look. Kill them all is a thrash album. It's well, no, well, first of all, thrash. Wait, it's the Kill best. It's the best thrash album that I that I have ever heard. Wait, Kill them all! Kill them all at its roots, oh. at its bare bones roots, has a lot of punk influence in it. It Look, absolutely does, rips. Matt. You're totally yeah. right. Jump but in the fire. Yeah. I, I mean, that's exactly. what thrash is. the evolution it's of it's what. It's the evolution yeah. of punk. It's metal and punk going woohoo and having a kid. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, no, I yeah. think Metallica started off as a thrash band. And they did. They turned into a more metal band, and then they turned into complete they shit. They and evolved. That's for mm-hmm. another. Uh, they de- devolved. Yes. But, anyway, but that. But that was gonna, my point. That was my point. Evolved. Metallica's been around. They've put out, you know, God knows how many albums and blah blah blah, and, you know, ten percent of their music has been thrash. Now, did they start as a thrash metal band? Absolutely. Yeah. Kill them all to me. To me, when I listen to all these other thrash metal albums, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to uh, connect with my friend sailor over there who <laughs> loves thrash. And I particularly don't, but of all the thrash metal albums that I've listened to, a metal band put out the best thrash metal album to me. I love Kill 'Em All. To me, if I if every thrash album had the uh, the the talent level minus Lars, there you go, girl. Thank you. Of Kill 'Em All, then I might like thrash. 
but see that's the thing is you don't like thrash and i think that's why you don't like slayer. but i like kill them all but if you want to take okay but if you want to put slayer up against metallica if you want to actually do that which I love both of them, to me slayer is true thrash the things that you guys didn't like about slayer that's true thrash metal I think, in my opinion. And I think that's why you guys don't like it because you guys don't really like thrash. Metallica's a more organized, more melodic thrash, more it's a more evolved thrash, you could say. Slayer is just straight up. I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there. Even though we do love hard and fast metal, it's just the whole this very specific thrash genre we're just not huge fans of well one other thing that you guys had in common that you that you disagreed with one other thing that you both disagree with and you made a big point about it is there were certain songs that you started liking and then tom Araya comes in with his first verse yeah and you're like oh here we go again yeah so i'll make this point yeah real quick so from from my standpoint something that and again, I try to, I, I will absolutely open-mindedly listen to anything and try to judge it upon its own, you know, basis. But something that I know that I just don't care for is that, that heavy hardcore beat, that, that, and I don't like it in punk and I don't like it in thrash. Now, when I listen to other punk music, so like the punk style that I like, is more like MXPX and stuff like that, where they're mixing up the drum beats and it's they mix up a little bit of funk beat and some rock beat and some other beats. And like that's that's where I think Metallica did well for me is that they mixed in the beats a little bit more and it wasn't all just in your face, just pop 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 pop. So I think like, that's something that that hits home for me personally. You guys like Testament? I've listened to a little bit. I, I don't think I could rattle off anything off the top of my head though. How about Exodus? Yeah, I don't. I don't really care Overkill. for it. Overkill? Yeah, I love Overkill. Not really familiar with any of those. No. See, that's this, that's the thing. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah. it's, 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 it's meh. Thing. Exodus. Ugh. I, I think it's the thrash thing. I think that's where... The greatest thing that came from Exodus was uh, Kerr Hammond joining uh, Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Exodus of Kurt. Oh, look at that. Nice. That <laughs> I like it. We'll have to make a t-shirt of that. And on the back oh, that's, of a good, that's a good t-shirt. And you know what we can see on the back? Kurt. I love it. But going back to, the, going back to Tom Araya's vocals and his yeah. vocal style, that is... I mean that is to me that's post that's that's hardcore punk man that's just screaming into the mic you know lyrics that you know are just statements not necessarily being you know super yeah you got like like Sex Pistols Anarchy in the UK that album that's I actually like listening to some of that uh, that old late 70s early 80s punk for some reason just the threat the repetitiveness of the thrash beats even though I might, if I'm just listening to something the first time, it might satisfy something for a little bit, then it gets old really quick. Unfortunately. That's how we feel. But I did, I did absolutely, I win with this with a super open mind. 
Well, I guess that is that then. You guys have decided you're not into Slayer. Matt and I still love Slayer. Uh, thanks Hell for yeah. listening, though, to the mixtape. I think it's, I think we should definitely, um, we've discussed this before, talk a little bit about, we'll do a future show on breaking down some of the metal genres, because at this point, my God, there are so, <laughs> so many. And this continues to come yeah. up, though. This yeah, has come up sure. as a thread. Um, and some of the podcasts that we've already recorded, some that we will never release because we got too drunk. Um, <laughs> some of the arguments that we've had on some of these genres. So I think this is this is great uh, subject matter for a future show. Um, so uh, I mean, but but I love the discussion. It's good to have. Yeah. It's a healthy discussion. And you know what? Guess what? I got to experience a band that I had heard about for so many years. And I, you know, I gave it a, I gave it a, a puncher's chance. Yeah, you know, that's how I feel too. Um, you know, I probably wouldn't have listened to it otherwise. So yeah, that's that's I what think it comes One of the great things I like about this podcast is kind of getting me to uh, move a little bit out of my comfort zone. Absolutely. And to every listener out there, you know, try that, try that playlist out, see what you think, and let us know. Okay, so what? Um... Is everybody listened to lately that um, you do like? <laughs> was like How about you, that Jay? was a fantastic segue. That was like small. That, that was like do, small cops that, that you do like. That was a small cop segue right there. <laughs> um, so actually, a, a very new. I mean, new within. Uh, I think December-ish 2017 was when this podcast started coming out. It's called the Whiskey Talking Podcast. And the uh, the premise of the podcast, I, mean, I guess the, the tagline more than the premise is, if it gets out of line, that's the whiskey talking. But this uh, the show, he uh, he interviews different uh, product reps, not just from, from, from all different kinds of whiskey. So Matt, he talks... Uh, in the episodes he's had already, he's uh, discussed uh, Irish whiskey, um, scotch. He had a rep from Ardbeg oh. on one episode. I like him more. Uh, he's had a rep from Old Forester on an episode. It's I mean, and it's they do blind tastings. They discuss uh, the different expressions from each distillery that's being represented on the podcast. They even do it. There's one episode. Um, where he interviews uh, a bar owner in Vegas where it's a big-time blues and rock bar, and they go on for, it must have been two hours, where they just talk about and play songs from the blues and like old country genre that discuss whiskey. It was so cool. Nice. I mean, I love I love blues and old country. So for me, I was just jamming out for like two hours, and they were playing these songs and talking about each song and the artists and the whiskey. Really cool podcast. Check it out. Awesome. How about you, Matt? Well, as I mentioned last week, I am really digging. Uh, if you're an, a fan of uh, stand-up comedian Bill Burr, check out his podcast. <laughs> Uh, still laughing. R- rolling on the floor, laughing. Yes. Uh, and you know, a little something that I've heard about, I have not delved into it yet, but I, I, I will start doing it. And it just from the name of the podcast, it just sounds super entertaining. Uh, Death Metal Dads. 
What was that again? Death, death metal, metal dads. Dads. Really? Oh, yes. I gotta check um, that, out. that sounds hilarious. Uh, good. Uh, obviously, you know our podcast. I'm writing that down. Our our podcast has been making, <laughs> has has been you know making the rounds in 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 good news. I hope. Um, so someone had texted me uh, to check out this podcast. So I have not done it yet, but I definitely will. So death metal dads. I've heard of dads drinking bourbon, but I'm not checking yeah. I'm subscribing right now, actually. <laughs> nice. How about you, Sailor? What you want to do lately? So um, I've been listening to this podcast. I think I've mentioned it before. I, I like abandoned it for a while, and I've been driving a lot lately. I've been listening to this podcast called <gasps> Lore, L-O-R-E. Super cool. Um, this guy does like these short abbreviated story on like, you know, just folklore stories. Really, really cool. Um, also, Two Dope Queens. Oh, my God. These two chicks are hilarious. They're amazing. Such a great podcast. I absolutely love it. That's what I've been listening to. All right. Well, for myself, I've been kind of going back, and I've been listening to a lot of 70s rock. Um, we happened to get an Amazon, um, one of those Echoes, and have it in our kitchen. And when I'm in there working, I'll just say, you know, play 70s rock a lot lately. And, man, <laughs> you know, it's like Fleetwood Mac, Boston, The Eagles, Led Zeppelin, ACDC. It goes on and on and on. There was so Way much cool. good rock music um, came out of the 70s. Nice. I just Very want to cool. thank, um, ever, again, ever, thank everyone for, for listening to us. And please join us next week for another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Matt? Thank you, Ed. And to all of our listeners, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Please go and find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, your reviews, your questions, any suggestions you might have, concerns, and comments about the show. Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Rock and Whiskey and ask to join uh, to continue discussions, participate in polls, and sound off on the show. Also, please search us on iTunes and give us a five-star rating, please. It really would mean a lot to us. Uh, don't be a dick. Just give us a five-star rating. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. You can also follow. Way yeah. to sell it. Uh, you can also follow us individually on Instagram. Yours truly at the whiskey obsessor. That is whiskey. Save the e. Ed. You can find me at Bourbon Geek on Instagram. Sailor. <laughs> you messed it up, Ed. <laughs> no, he got it right. You got it right. Hey, this, this time I didn't mess it do up. It the other way. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I'm Sailor, and you can find me as Sailor Retro on Instagram. I've I have a quick question. Um, so our very own Sailor has another yeah. podcast that we failed to mention uh, called yeah. Love on the Rocks, yeah. which I believe is upcoming. It is can, you tell, can you tell us a little bit about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, so hoping to release it in the next two weeks. I just wanted to get this sucker um, up and running well. Uh, my good friend Kayla Ellis, who's an amazing, talented um, mixologist and bartender, and I host a podcast called Love on the Rocks about cocktails. But we get super, super nerdy. We deep dive cool. into the history and really geeky, geeky stuff about cocktails and cocktail history. And then at the end of every show, we do an advice column, so to speak. 
So um, listeners can send in their questions, asking advice. We've gotten a couple questions so far, and I answer them after I've had several drinks. So uh, <laughs> be fun way to end the podcast. So really solid advice is what you're saying. Hell so you heard, you heard it here. You heard it here at Cocktail Fans. It's uh, it's actually mine, Ed, and Matt's fault that you have not heard a Love on the Rocks podcast, but it is upcoming <laughs> to a neighborhood near you. Yeah. As soon as she can try to rein us in, those episodes will come. But in the meantime, guys, uh, check us out on Patreon. The link will be in our Instagram. You know, give us a give us a shout. Um, different giveaways and whatnot. Check it out. We we really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. We're having so much fun doing it. Uh, but at this point, my good friend, my reverend, who has kept me hole through this slayer <laughs> debauchery you know good old elijah craig is running out reverend come back <laughs> he's gone he's gone tip your waitress we're out ciao later fuck you lars Hey listeners, you know that cool song we play at the beginning and end of our show? It's called Whiskey Always Wins, and it was written and performed by my dear friends of When Particles Collide. Please check them out on your favorite music streaming platforms and give them your support. Rock on, friends. Ed, turn no, it's around. still open. Ed, turn around. <laughs> turn around, Ed. Close the fucking drawer. I can't. <laughs> There's stuff sticking out of it. Oh my god! I, I know! Close it. <laughs> I stare at it the whole time. I hate oh, you. <laughs>